Yeah, buddy. Welcome to another week where we are exploring the parables of Christ. This is the seventh parable and I think you're going to love it. It is the mustard seed. Now, before I continue, we have to address a few things. There is twice in the Bible that Jesus draws reference in analogy to the mustard seed. The first time is the one that we're exploring today, which is found in Matthew 13, following up directly after the parable of the wheat among the wheat. And then the second time it's used, I believe, is in Matthew 17, where Jesus is with the disciples and they are crossing the river and the disciples get completely flabbergasted with fear. And Jesus turns around to them and says, guys, listen, where is your faith? If you have faith like a mustard seed, you can tell that mountain to move and it will move. Now, obviously, a lot of the time when we hear mustard seed, we immediately get drawn to the illustration of faith but there is another illustration that we need to remember about the mustard seed and that is the illustration of the kingdom of heaven now this parable you can go and find it yourself in Matthew Mark and Luke in Matthew 13 and I'm going to specifically read from Matthew 13 and then I'm going to just cover and um, exegize the the context for you guys so Firstly, I hope you're having a fantastic day, just FYI. I really hope that your Monday has started well, and I really am praying that whatever it is that's going through your life, whether it is planning for Christmas coming up, whether it is trying to organize family events, whatever it might be, just know that the Lord is with you. The Holy Spirit will guide you into all truth, and no matter what you're struggling with, God is with you. Now, let's go to what the actual verse says. So, another parable he put forth to them saying the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed which a man took and sowed in his field which indeed is the least of all the seeds but when it is grown it is greater than the herbs and becomes a tree so that the birds of the air come and nest in its branches now, there's a major misconception that people tend to draw from this verse because, again, when we go and research a mustard seed, we get these two verses and we don't look at the whole chapter. What's so important to understand is the whole chapter of Matthew 13 is talking about corruption. You see, the misconception in this is that some regard this parable as like this beautiful picture of church and the church growing so large that it provides refuge for all of the world. But this mustard seed plant has grown into a huge like bush that harbors birds. And if we look at the, the science behind it, because science and religion can go hand in hand because god created all things right so we should never be afraid of scientists discovering new things because it will always if it is true walk directly in line and parallel to the to the bible to god's words so when we look at the birds people think okay cool well the the mustard seed is the church growing and the birds are the people going into church right well herein lies the misconception after close study of birds as symbols in the old testament and especially in the literature of later judaism it is shown to us that birds regularly symbolize evil 
and even demons or Satan in the previous parables. You see, in the previous parables, birds were emissaries of Satan. In following Matthew 13, we see the whole chapter talks about corruption and the works of the devil, right? So this parable of the mustard seed is an immediate follow-up on the parable of the weeds among the wheat. So in light of both parables itself and the context of the parables, both before and after, this should be regarded as another description of corruption in the Christian community, just as in the previous parable of the wheat and the tares, or the wheat and the weeds described in Matthew 13, 24 and 30, which is the um, not the last episode from this one, but, um, but the one before that one. And um, yeah, when we go and take a further, further look on it, we will find that basically in both these parables, we find a prophetic meaning. And there's an intention to show basically and principally um, how from a very small beginning, the gospel of Christ should pervade all the nations of the world and fill them with righteousness and true holiness. Now, the mustard plant, let's talk about that for a second, customarily, like, never actually grows beyond a bush. And its normal size would be quite unlikely for birds to make a nest. It wouldn't be a place where birds would go to to make a nest because birds would seek something like a tree that is large. So when we look at it, when we look at the parable, it accurately describes what the Christian community became in the decades and centuries after the Christianization of the Roman Empire. You see, in those centuries, the church grew abnormally large in influence, dominion, and was a nest for much corruption. So birds, when we read that phrase, lodging in the branches, is actually referring to elements of corruption which take refuge in the very shadows of Christianity today. And that's proven because history abundantly proves the dangerous influence that false religion has had on the church. I mean, if we look today specifically on progressive Christianity, we are finding churches that are becoming much more tolerant over sin. We're finding churches spreading a false um, doctrine spreading false gospels saying that there's multiple ways to go to heaven just like any other religion when we know that there's only one way to to heaven there's only one way to god and that's through jesus christ and um yeah so a lot of these churches have shown that they are a dangerous place to influence corruption and it is shown in political intrigue or lust for power intolerance I don't know, vain superstition, immorality, and greed. Yeah, Jesus, in considering the growth of the work of God, reminds us that size and status are not necessarily benefits. And that's another thing, man. Like, if we look at the churches today, it's all about numbers. It's all about, and, and don't get me wrong, the Bible tells us to go out and make disciples. But the moment you have a, a target to reach in your church, to bring people to church, you need to start questioning whether you are in the right church. If a church encourages you to bring numbers, 
shall I say, to bring people, shall I say, to church. That's different from them being on your case and questioning like if you were in a workplace why you haven't brought people to church. And that takes time. Not everyone has been called to be evangelists. I mean, we can go into this rabbit hole right now of speaking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And we can talk about how people have been gifted with teaching, how people have been gifted with evangelism, uh, missionary work and all that. It's so important to understand where in the body of Christ you fit in so that you can make sure that you operate within that identity. What's important is the church needs to understand that too. So you need to find a church that gets that, that gets you, that understands and can identify your strong suit and identity in Christ and then equip you accordingly so that then you may walk into that purpose rather than walking into something that you have no idea about and then it just becomes painful because it does we are in all a sense evangelizing when we talk about the gospel we are all able to do that we are all able to um, evangelize by spreading the gospel but when i talk about evangelists i'm talking about people that specifically preach not teach but preach in in on the streets in church different places around all those areas that's different uh, but went a bit of a rant there but it's still valid because obviously a lot of churches are corrupt in the way that they want you to bring numbers it's all about numbers so that they can get money because we get prosperity gospels and progressive gospels out there so corrupt christianity has been a curse on the world and it's always been in the form of godliness without the power of direction of the holy spirit now this is kind of a short one for today but I wanted to remind you that I am going to cover the second half of this and that is the faith of a mustard seed and I want you to stay tuned to this because it's important to understand that a mustard seed starts small and grows and when it grows there can like in this case be corruption that comes with it Christianity when it started it was a movement that was revolutionary and, and it is so important to understand this when Jesus came to the scene he said things like forgive people that hurt you okay the Old Testament said oh, an eye for an eye ear for ear or whatever right Jesus said no he said forgive the people that hurt you he said pray for the people that have come against you pray for your enemy that is revolutionary because it puts forgiveness and love at the forefront it doesn't mean you can't be firm and set boundaries um, and and love unconditionally without you know also um, having unconditional tolerance because that's the thing a lot of Christians believe that unconditional love means unconditional tolerance when it doesn't so I want to cover the next one on the mustard seed as well which is going to basically align with this one quite beautifully because as we have corruption we have the answer and the answer is faith and it just has to be small to grow big so yeah I'm going to I'm going to do that on the next episode which I will probably release somewhere this week if I get the chance um, I'm hoping Thursday so so stay tuned by the way Please do follow me on Mindful Faith on Instagram if you keep following the podcast because that's where I kind of make all my updates and leave my notes 
and everything about what I'm doing that week or daily I would also put on stuff there so if you want to stay edified on there too I mean feel free to go on there or if you don't just also it's no problem at all um, either way I love you all may God go before you may he shine his face upon you may his blessings be before all of you and honestly may this be a reminder that you should always be aware of what is going on in your church be aware that church corruption is a thing but just because the church hurts you doesn't mean that it's god we are all people and i get that we're all full of sin but it's important to identify and see if there can be change if a person doesn't want to change that's pride and you know what pride does it just infests everything that's holy so the best thing to do is just get away from it so yeah man that's that's all i have for you guys today have a fantastic week may the lord provide for you um if you need any anything you can also get in touch with me on mindful faith via the instagram chat and um, i'm more than happy to also chat and pray over you for anything specific amen <music>